Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MyFit Podcast, hosted by fitness coach, business owner, and CrossFit Games athlete, DJ Hillier. Physical fitness and podcasting are two of his life passions, and his goal is to train, educate, and inspire those who want to improve their general health. These podcasts are designed to help everyone, from the occasional gym member trying to improve their overall wellness, to the fitness enthusiast. The episodes capture a wide spectrum of topics, including training, coaching, nutrition, entrepreneurship, relationships, and mindset. Follow the show on Instagram at the MyFit Podcast and subscribe to his newsletter at djhillier.com. So let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is DJ Hillier, and you are listening to another edition of the MyFit Podcast. This week on the show, I'm joined by two-time CrossFit Games Affiliate Cup champion, Tasia Persevich. If you've been in the CrossFit space for a while, you've probably heard Tasia's name before. Tasia has an impressive list of accomplishments in the sport of CrossFit and has recently decided to step away from the sport to pursue passions beyond fitness. Tasia has been and always will be a fan favorite in the CrossFit space, purely due to her kindness, authenticity, and willingness to serve others. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with Tasia and picking up on some of the lessons she's learned from stepping away from something that was a major focal point in her life for several years. Our first topic was to talk about what was the introduction like to CrossFit Mayhem Freedom. For those of you that aren't involved into CrossFit, uh, let me tell you that CrossFit Mayhem in Cookville, Tennessee is kind of the, the capital of CrossFit, if you will, with Rich Froning at the helm. So I wanted to know what was that introduction like? Was she nervous? And how did she get a part of being being a part of CrossFit Mayhem Freedom, the team? After that, I asked a question that I like to ask a lot of people that have crossed paths with Rich. And it is, what were some of the major lessons that you took away from Rich? And what are some of the things you're going to take with you, even though you're not competing next to him anymore? Then after that, we kind of got into the nuts and bolts of the episode, which is talking about taking a deeper dive into what what made you want to part ways with competitive CrossFit? What were the signs? What are the symptoms? And how did you know it was time to walk away? Also, what were some of the things that you struggled with as you decided to make that decision? After that, we talked about some of the major factors that have helped Tasia's mind, body, and spirit as she's turned the page into her next chapter of her life. Then we talked about creating an identity that isn't centered around CrossFit and why that's so healthy, not only for professional athletes, but just for everybody. Um, I was just watched a 2017, came out 2017, a documentary on uh, Michael Phelps and a bunch of Olympic athletes who basically after the Olympics, they get a huge dose of depression, suicide rates um, uh, increase like crazy. And all these athletes are just stuck not knowing what to do next because so much of their life has been centered around training for these 40 seconds for some of these athletes. And the aftermath just isn't really talked about. And when we talk about mental health, I really wanted to get in a deeper surface of with Tasia of how do you safely and in a healthy way uh, turn the page into the next chapter of your life without getting wrapped up in the identity of being an athlete. What does that look like and how can we all learn from that? After that, we talked about thoughts of high intensity training, the role of recovery, and some of the differences between men and women. Then we talked about the importance of rest and why that's good for not only your body, but also your mind and soul. Then we closed down by talking about body image and eating disorders. And the last thing was talking about Mayhem Mission, which is a nonprofit organization through CrossFit Mayhem that Tasia is now working for to try to make a greater impact uh, beyond sports and make a worldwide impact uh, using the resources that we're fortunate enough to have. 
I think there's a lot in this episode and whether you are an, an athlete, an aspiring athlete, or maybe you're a professional that's been working with a company for a couple decades, you've climbed the ranks and now you're looking to turn the page or kind of go into a different direction in your life. Some of that stuff can be very difficult. And I think we can learn a lot of lessons through athletes and people like Tasia on the best ways to transition your life uh, in a healthy way. And some of the kind of tactical, uh, applicable uh, things that we can do on a day-to-day basis to make sure that we're transitioning in a smooth manner. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. I really uh, admire and appreciate Tasia's authenticity and her vulnerability and just willing to kind of put all this out there for the public and for us to talk about and for us to learn from ultimately. If you guys did enjoy the show, make sure to leave a rating and review as that helps my show grow tremendously. I'd also love to hear personally, if there was something that you got out of the show that that resonated with you, I would love to hear it and even discuss it with you. So without further ado, let's get to this fun episode with Tasia Persevich. Let's go. Tasia Persevich, welcome to the MyFit Podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Cool. So let's start with the probably the easiest question of the day. Who is Tasia Persevich? Talk to us about who you are, how you got into sports, how you got into CrossFit. Let's kind of walk through a little bit of your life. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you say the easiest question, but that's like the broadest. <laughs> the <question>. broadest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll go based on sports. So I, I started gymnastics at the age of five um, and then stayed in the sport all the way through college. So I was one of those people. I was young. I wanted to go to the Olympics. I was super dedicated training two times a day um, with school in between that. And I ended up going to the University of New Hampshire to compete in gymnastics there. And then from there, I kind of knew I loved fitness. I had always fitness is a huge part in strength training for gymnastics. And someone had always told me what to do. So, you know, I had training that was set out and I didn't know what to do on my own almost at first when I had stopped gymnastics. I was just kind of in this weird space of, okay, I've done this since age five. I'm like 21 now and I don't know what to do. So I, after that, had found CrossFit, started doing CrossFit just for fitness, for fun. I was working in some other jobs. I had no intent to compete. I actually kind of was burnt out on competing because I'd competed my entire life. And because of my background in gymnastics, I was able to pick up CrossFit relatively well. And I remember I started in February, 2013, did the open. I remember being so sore. There was like a box jump workout that my calves, I swear I got rhabdo in it, but I didn't even know what rhabdo was at that point. And, um, (laughs) uh, the next year, so 2014, I placed it around, I think it was 60th in the open in the Northeast because that's still when we had the Northeast division. And I remember being like, wow, I was only 15 spots away from like, them asking for a video to maybe qualify to regionals. And I'd gone to regionals in 2014 to watch some friends and I, it kind of lit a fire in me. So I started training harder for CrossFit. I qualified for my first regionals in 2015. And then I was able to qualify for my first games as an individual in 2016 um 2017 I had some like sickness injury stuff going on and then by God's grace I got asked to go to CrossFit Mayhem Freedom at the end of 2017 and so then I competed on Mayhem Freedom for 2018 2019 and 2020 although there wasn't a season as far as like CrossFit goes and then at the end 
or I guess the beginning of 2021 this year, I stepped away from competing. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> that was really well done. Perfect. I want to go back. I want to go back a little bit to the gymnastics days. And I think those of uh, the listeners that understand gymnastics, have a kid gymnastics, have been through gymnastics, they know that that sport can be very demanding. Was that your path? Was it very demanding? I'm, I'm assuming if you went on to, to go compete in college, talk to me a little bit about what was that life like? Yeah, it was very demanding. Um, I, like I said, I started training double days. So before school, I'd wake up and train from like 5.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. And then I would go to school. I would leave early, so around 2, and then go back and train from maybe like 3 to 7 again. So for a young woman, like a teenager, it was very demanding. I I joke about not having many friends, but in school, I would do my homework on my lunch break because I wasn't going to have time after school. So I didn't have a ton of friends necessarily in school. Um, but in gymnastics, I had some connections there, but just that was my focus. And it didn't even matter to me. It didn't bother me. I was like, I didn't want to go out like what other kids were doing. I just wanted to do well in the sport. So it was very demanding physically. Um, and also mentally there's a toughness to gymnastics, especially I think in the nineties. Um, and we've seen some of these, like the culture of gymnastics is actually changing right now for the better, which has been really yeah. awesome to see. Cause some of this, some of the heartbreaking parts of gymnastics are coming to light, um, that it's really hard on young women. So it was demanding in a lot of ways, but it definitely helped also just form me into who I am and give me some some very good qualities as far as hard work and dedication i'm very i'm a striver by nature i'm like okay let's let's get it done let's you know put our feet down and get moving which can be really good um and also it can be bad just like many things in life but mm -hmm. um yeah it definitely taught me a lot yeah so when when you look back and you think about you know from 5 to 21 so 16 years of being a high level gymnast yeah what what's one thing that you would pull out that is kind of made the biggest impact on you, whether it was your five years or four years with mayhem or now, what do you think when you look back, what's the biggest lesson that gymnastics taught you? I think just in the simplest form, hard work. Like I am all about hard work and it can just help you do so many things. And even in different seasons of life, whether you're in a season that you want to be in, or you're in a job that you want to be or not working hard at that space or where you're at is so important. Um, and I think that has been probably the biggest takeaway is you achieve, although I look back now and I didn't have the raw natural talent in gymnastics to go to the Olympics, which was my dream as a girl. Um, but I think being in the sport is what actually prepped me for what I was meant to do, which was CrossFit, at least for that season. Um, so I can see that now, but it also instilled those values of, okay, we're going to work hard and we're going to get the work done. And that's it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. For me, I've been thinking about this actually recently because I grew up playing football all my life and then got into CrossFit. And for me, I've never really had a season where I haven't 
had a practice I haven't had to go to. I've always had a practice to attend, whether it's after school or, you know, you call it CrossFit practice. And I think for me, what it does or what it, what football taught me was just discipline of every day. You have something that you're going to do. And I don't know what life is going to be like when I'm not doing CrossFit anymore. And that'll be a transition. I want to talk to you a little bit about that too. But uh, I think it's, it just kind of provides that daily discipline of every day you have this and it kind of um, makes your day more structured. So from three to five, after school, you know, you're doing this, you structure everything else around it. So I would imagine that self-discipline and structure probably is another piece of it too. Oh yeah. A huge piece of that. And like you can speak to that bleeds into all other areas of life, right? right? Um, to almost a detriment, cause you can be so disciplined in something yes. you're like, okay, actually maybe I need to relax for a second and look at the big picture. So you're like, if someone tells me to go, you know, get this done, I'm gonna do everything in my power to get that done. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. And self-discipline is very important in life. So it's a good quality too. It is. So in 2018, you get a text from CrossFit Mayhem Freedom. What was that like? What was your response like? And at the time, Tasia, were you a fan of Mayhem Freedom? Were you kind of like a fan boy, if you were a fan girl, if you will, or kind of where were you at when you got that message? Sure. So funny enough, I... For a year, not to like kind of step back a little bit, but I had been in prayer about God taking me somewhere new. And I was like looking at other job opportunities and things like that. Cause I just knew that I was meant to go somewhere else. I'd been where I was at and there was not necessarily anything like bad that was happening, but I just knew that God was calling me somewhere else. So I was for a year of time, like going, like reaching out to all these different places, like trying to find a job. I was actually sitting in an airport on a way to a job interview and I got a D it was actually a DM from Cross Man Freedom on Instagram. (laughs) And it was like, Hey, you know, would you have any interest in, you know, possibly being the girl for the 2018 season? And my original thought was like, wow, that's kind of odd. Like how random that I'm getting this DM. It didn't even go to like, you know, my like regular DMs. It was in like my like request DMs, you know? Um, so I opened it up and I didn't really know what to feel like looking back now. I don't really know exactly what I felt, but I knew like, I wasn't like, yeah, this is it. I was kind of like, huh, okay. I'm going to respond and say, yes, obviously like this is a cool opportunity to go down. Cause they wanted me to come down for like a recruiting type trip to get to know my personality and all those things. At the same time, I was rehabbing a torn labrum. And I had a stress fracture and assessment fracture in my foot. So there was this part of me that was like, hey, you're kind of like injured. Like they weren't serious injuries to the point of I was still planning on competing in 2018. You know, that was where I was going. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down and see what's up. So I went down on the trip. By the time I got there, I was like, I'm so in. This is it. Like, I hope they like me. I remember just laying in bed being like, please let them like me. Let me be fit enough. Let me be healthy enough. Um, We did a ton of fitness. And it was like a three-day span. Just so much exercise. And, you know, by the end of it, before I left, they were like, you know, if you want to move here. Because you had to move at the time. It was affiliate. um, You're welcome to come. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. So that was, it was actually Halloween weekend. And I moved after Thanksgiving. So I moved like about a month later, packed everything in my car, moved up to CrossFit Mayhem. 
Wow. So cool. And I don't want to skip over the part about just God works in mysterious ways, right? And, and, and the timing is impeccable. You're on your way to a job interview and, and this comes up. I mean, I could only imagine the thoughts that were going through your head. Yeah, definitely. I, it's so funny because looking back now, I just, that moment is very pivotal in my life. Um, because I wasn't a hundred percent sure it was the right decision. I had a lot of fear around just being able to compete because I was going through some of these injuries. And I remember talking to a close friend at the time being like, what if I, you know, what if I show up there and I'm, you know, too injured, like my shoulder, this was the first time I had rehabbed a torn labrum. And I didn't really know. I remember there's videos maybe a couple weeks before I went down there a month, I went down there where I'd done like my first ring muscle up for like mm. a certain amount of months. So she was like, well, even if you go down there and you know, you can't compete, maybe there's a reason you're meant to be down there anyways. Right. And so that was enough for me to be like, which I also did want to go. I was a fan of rich and what he stood for. And I had no idea what man was going to be like, but I was excited to go be in a space um, that was new. And it was a wonderful first year. It was also a very challenging first year, just a lot of change. Um, but yeah, it, I can see God's handiwork on it now looking back, but in the moment, it wasn't as clear. So I think that's encouraging too. Sometimes it might not be like, you know, a punch, like this is what you're supposed to do. Um, but I knew I had good feelings about it and that I felt like I was called to go and the opportunity was just so oddly... <laughs> presented um in a good way that it's cool to look back and see that that was definitely where he had me yeah that's amazing and then you spent three years with uh with the competitive team and i've had james on the show a couple times thomas cox as well we've talked about you know what's it like working out the barn and being with with mayhem and and i'm curious from your point of view what was that like and you know the obvious question too is what what have you learned from rich oh my goodness that's such a big question um it has been an incredible experience. It's definitely been incredibly difficult. Um, hard work, like we talked about, that is a requirement to, you know, show up at the barn. And that doesn't mean you have to be, you know, rich, froning, or as fit as him. Like you can come from any level of fitness, walk of life. It doesn't matter. Um, but when you step through the door, it's like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna work hard, whether that's at my, like now, I'm not doing a ton of like cross intense workouts, but I'm still working hard on my bodybuilding or whatever, you know, in the space. Um, and not necessarily like, Hey, you're going to do this. It's just everyone in there is doing it. So you're like, okay, this is, I'm just going to level up because everyone in here is leading, you know, by example, working hard. And that's something I've seen from Rich and Hillary. They just, you know, lead by example, go out, work hard, um, do things well, steward what God has given them so well. And it's been super encouraging. And what was really cool um, outside of just fitness and being at the barn was I had never really been surrounded by a group of believers before. And that really has totally changed my faith um, in such a great capacity. And um, that being said, too, I know there's sometimes like this thing of people think only you're only allowed to be there if you're a believer. And that's like not the case at all. Like it's, like we have people from all different walks of life and everyone's accepted. And um, it's been cool though, just to see how being around believers has encouraged me so much to grow in my faith. And even something like being on the Into the Storm podcast um, and having open, real discussions about what's going on in life and things like that has been um, just super wonderful. 
Yeah. How true is it that, you know, who you want to become, you need to surround yourself with the people that you want to be like, and you're like the most five people that you spend the most time with. And I think that mayhem crew and, and just life in general, it's such a great uh, kind of lesson for people to understand. Like if you are surrounding yourself with people that you're like, man, I don't really, this is not who I want to become. Like you need to change your environment. Yeah, totally. And that is such, that is exactly like, I couldn't have said any better. You want to surround yourself with people that you want to be like, and, or, you know, that are going to grow you people that um, are going to lift you to a higher level. Um, I think there's like some sort of quote is like, if you're like the smartest one in your group, then you need to find another group or something. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Find like another group, um, or at least find someone that's, you know, going to challenge you to, to grow, whether that's in, you know, your faith or grow in your job or whatever you're doing. Yeah. I asked, uh, James this and Thomas as well. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts. When you look back at the time with Rich, what's one workout that stands out that was kind of like, dang, that was one of the hardest workouts I've ever done or, or most, or most memorable. And I, I'll give you an example, Thomas. So Thomas worked out with Rich way back in the day, 2014. That, that's when I had a chance to go out there and, tra- and train with those guys for a week. And one of the ones he said was, it was like power cleans. Um, gosh, what was it? It was, it was, it was one of those ones where it's like on the minute you got to do five burpees. And then it was like, 50 power cleans at 225, but every minute you got to stop and do five burpees, something, something silly like that. But Thomas was like, I will never forget doing that workout because there were times when he had to take a minute off to get back into the game, kind of one of those. So I'm curious if there's one that sticks out in your head. That's like, man, I will never forget that workout. I'm going to be so honest. There are like so many times (laughs) in the barn, like I'm not even kidding. There's so many times in barn where I was like, I'm going to die in this workout. Um, and I think that's something that's really cool about being on a team is cause I got to experience an individual side and then also the team side. And they are both equally very difficult. And the aspect of the team is I started pushing myself to limits that I would have never done necessarily on my own. Like I remember being in spaces where like, I was not sure <laughs> I was going to be able to be okay. Um, uh, there's like one specifically, I like when I came in, I mean, there's many specifically, but the one that I'm thinking about is I had come into mayhem freedom and I wasn't very good at double unders. And that was rich is like, okay, we're going to beat the double under out of you. Like you're going to get good at double unders. Um, and it was like our first, one of our first warm workouts and some sort of warm thruster with double unders where Rich likes to write these workouts where we're not splitting reps. Like we're all working. So we're all going to double under at the same time. We do the same amount of double under. So then we're going to go back to the worm and do, you know, our thrusters and then mm-hmm. back to the double under. Um, so like the weakest link gets buried. Um, and that's common on the worm in general, which I spent a lot of time getting buried on the worm. So, but I think it was like maybe a hundred double unders. Uh, we all did them at the same time. And then like a 21, 15, nine worm thruster. And I remember just because I was the last person to finish my double unders every time between it was Rich Hewitt and um, Lindy at the time. Everyone just like, you know, waiting on me, getting fresher and fresher while I get buried deeper and deeper into a hole. Um, that's like one specific, but I have so many, like truly so many. <laughs> yeah. And I would imagine too. So he, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses, of course, but is his thoughts on weaknesses like is like you said, we're just going to beat him out of you. Like we're just going to drill them day after day. What's kind of his thought? I'm just curious. Yeah, definitely. Um, just work harder. We're going to do more of it. I remember, um, in 2019 when Dre and China were on the team, we went to rogue and as a team, we did not do well at the rogue invitational that year. And Dre specifically had missed like a 225 snatch, like a multiple times in a workout. 
and we did like so many snatches <laughs> at 225 leading up to the games that year. It's like, okay, we're going to do more of it. You know, as long as like an injury is not preventing you from doing a higher volume of it, we're just going to do a higher volume of it. So, yeah, cool. So during the time of being on Mayhem Freedom, you won three championships there. Is that correct? Two. Two. It would it, it would have been three if we had a 2020. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Uh, so so during that time, you guys are obviously the best in the game, still the best in the game. I'm curious, are you guys able to enjoy the victory? Is it something where you stand on the podium after the weekend and you get to enjoy this for a while? Or is the mentality there as soon as Sunday's done, we're on to the next and we'll enjoy this. We'll enjoy this more when we're retired than when uh, we're still in the competitive mode. Does that Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, I think I had two different podium experiences, to be honest, because 2018, I'd come in and my whole life was resolved because of me and what I chose, the amount of pressure I put on myself to win, like coming after they had got second in 2017. I was the replacement girl, the only new person on the team. Um, I put this crazy pressure on myself. I was just here, like, if you don't win the games, like you are, you know. (laughs) <laughs> like the worst person ever. Like you have to win the game. So all this pressure I'd put on myself in 2018 when we won the gold medal, I I honestly only felt relief. I didn't really have like a I was just really relieved that we had won. Um and then 2019, I remember I was like, okay, we've like I've got to change this because I can't go through another year like this. Um, this is where I was like growing my faith and trying to like separate my identity from CrossFit and things like that. And um, with China, Dre, and Rich, that was the most fun competitive season I've ever had in my entire life across all sports and anything. And I really enjoyed competing at the games that year and winning a gold medal at the games was really cool. Something I've said a lot of times on podcasts and things is a gold medal is super fleeting. It's like, yeah, you have all this striving to win a gold medal and then you win it and you're like, mine's like in a box somewhere in my room under my bed you know like it's not exactly something you're like hold on to for very long it's very fleeting um so that's been a a cool experience but most of the time rich is like the day after hey y'all i remember china she laughs about this like you guys want to like go on a run like it's like the day after i'm like no i do not want to go on a run right now um but the turnaround is fast to get back to work obviously the season you're not going back into training you know, five workouts a day, but rich specifically, he, he likes to train every day. So he will do something every day. I don't need to do something every day. So I definitely take some downtime and he takes downtime too. It just looks a little bit different. Um, and then thinking about the next, the next championship or the next thing for sure, you got to keep your eye on the prize. Yeah. I think that's kind of the mindset of a professional athlete where, and I think you guys do it so well, Rich does it really well too. And everybody's a little bit different too. Some people need that time where I think they talked, you know, Frazier openly talked about how he would take a month off not even going into the gym. So I think everybody's a little bit different too, but uh, um, from a commonality standpoint, I think everybody's still just thinking about what's coming next instead of like, stepping away and really enjoying that. You can't really enjoy it. I don't think until probably it's done for most people, but teach their own. Um, so what, what I want to get into now, Teja, is, is in 2021. So re- uh, recently here, you stepped away from competing and you stepped away from a team that again, has potential to win again. And again, has no stopping in the near future. I want to talk a little bit about what was that like? Why did you step away? Bring us, paint us a little bit of a picture of what that moment was like for you. Sure. So it was definitely a a period of time, like a lot of moments, not just like one instant, but um, 
similar to like what I talked about before I came here, I knew God was calling me into a different space. I did not want to step into a new space. I have competed, like I said, since age five. I had won two championships. I wanted to win a lot more. I felt like there was a lot of value in competing, which there is. Um, and yeah, I was just not ready. At the end of 2020, so through COVID and everything that happened with that, our training had ramped up a lot just because most people had kind of quieted down during COVID and were doing less. But we were prepping for at the time, we were still, we didn't know about the games being canceled up until like closer to that point. So we were prepping for that. And just training volume was really high. And I was struggling with some health stuff that I didn't really know what was going on. Um, but to keep a long story really short, I was just like, I had such high, I was having cortisol issues and adrenal issues from just training so much for so long. Um, and I don't think that's just under the CrossFit sphere, but just like my entire life, <laughs> I've been like training really hard and I really like training hard. So um, it was a span of kind of like this yo-yo back and forth as far as do I stop competing? Like I started talking about it a little bit. I'm like, you know, maybe I should step away. And then they switched to affiliate, which was like, it made me feel like even more so maybe I shouldn't step away because now I'm like, I'm here in this space. Otherwise they're going to have to get two new girls. Um, and so all of these feelings and thoughts and um, just like lots of prayer and lots of things like that, trying to figure out what to do. When I eventually stepped away, it wasn't instant, but pretty close after that, um, this job opportunity at Mayhem Mission presented itself. And I like stepped kind of right into that. And that role would not have waited for me. They needed somebody to step into that role pretty, you know, instantly would not have waited another season or whatever. Um, and on top of that, I started seeing, you know, significant improvements in my health and things like that that I had kind of delayed for a long time because I had loved competing so much. So it was definitely a back and forth of many months of trying to actually make that decision. But when I did, I felt like there was, um, there was fruit like pretty immediately after that, which was um, very cool to see stepping into obedience that God would honor that, even though I didn't do it, maybe when he had asked me to do it, it took me a little bit longer, um, but he still honored that in some way. Yeah. If you're open to it, Tej, I'd love to, to dive a little bit deeper on what were some of the health aspects that you were struggling with. And the reason I ask mostly is because I want people to understand if they're listening and feeling the same way that they can kind of relate to you. So if you're open to it, I'd love to hear about what were some of the health issues that you were like, man, something's not right here. Yeah, totally. So I actually, at the end of 2019, it was when I first started noticing that I was struggling with some cortisol issues. Um, I was having just like really bad symptoms of like waking, like not being able to stay awake. So I had like low cortisol, so like no appetite, not being able to stay awake. Um, like I would literally take naps. I would wake up, like eat breakfast and then like fall, <laughs> like take a nap, drink coffee mm -hmm. and take a nap, um, things like that. And so that was like kind of right leading up into the games 2019. Obviously we made it through the games, did really well. I came down and like right after the games, I had, it hit this huge wall where I like, I literally couldn't get out of bed. I had no appetite. I, I lost a little bit of weight at that point. Um, but it wasn't super concerning. I was like working on it with my nutritionist, like supplementing things like that. Um, ramp up 2020 training just gets more and more. The volume's higher and higher in the middle of the 2020 season. I started 
struggling with serious digestion issues. I lost my cycle. I was having sleep problems, migraines, um, just so many things that I knew something wasn't right. I knew I was not feeling in my body. Um, but I also was like, I'm competing. I got to keep yeah. going. Got to keep yeah. training. Got to do this. Um, and so that happened for a long period of time. I felt I was also like I gained a bunch of mass, like inflammation and things like that, but I was working out very hard and eating very clean and doing all the things that I needed to do. So there's just like a wide span of issues um, because I had gone back to some high cortisol symptoms that I was struggling with. So, yeah, so that was pretty much that. And once I stopped, I really had to take a serious step back from CrossFit. I originally was like, I'm just going to lower my volume, but still that high intensity spike of cortisol, uh, my body just couldn't take it. So I stepped step back from all exercise, actually not just CrossFit and only walked um, for a little bit of time. And that's when I started, my eyes started being open to seeing that like my body just really needed some rest. Wow. And, and when you look back, so I'm going to imagine, I'm going to make an assumption that the athlete in you, the fighter in you, you get some of these symptoms and you probably think I can fight through this. Like this is just a bump in the road. Like I'll get back to competing. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sit out because of this, right? I have these duties and I, I need to be at the bar. I need to do these things. And again, I'm just making an assumption here. Was there a point when you felt that way? And was there also a point when you're like, damn, like I can't keep fighting this fight anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, that's kind of my personality is like, I'm just going to like push through. I'm going to grind through it. It's going to be fine. Um, and that's what I did for uh, quite a while. And even post, like I had retired from CrossFit and I still was like, (laughs) not getting better. I'm like, what is going on? You're literally not a competitor and you're still like grinding out, trying to like work harder to make things better. Um, and so that was a very eye opening experience that like more isn't always better, um, in life. So yeah, that was my grinding out mentality. That is exactly what I did. And it did not work. Um, I kind of just hit a wall where I was like, I have to, I remember sitting on a, I was pedaling on a bike and I'm like, I have to try something different. I don't know if it's going to work. And my nutritionist, um, Mike Malloy, who I work with at M2 performance, um, and nutrition, he had been telling me, he's like, Tasia, just take like a complete week off, just walk for a complete week, like no exercise. And we'll just see if that helps. And I I was like, that makes no sense. I'm like, exercise makes sense to me. You know, all these things make sense. And I remember that a very low point of, you know, I'm here. I'm just going to try and see what happens. Um, I walked for a week and within a week I had lost seven pounds and it wasn't about losing weight, but it was about the inflammation and the water that had come off my body within um, a week of not exercise. And I think that reality to me was enough to be like, wow, I obviously didn't lose seven pounds of body fat in a week or muscle in a week. Like it doesn't work like that. Like that's inflammation and water. Um, and recognizing that was enough for me to kind of start exploring more about what that looks like, um, for my health. And because I love CrossFit and I think CrossFit is an amazing, amazing way to be fit, to be healthy. Um, I still do CrossFit. I'm a huge advocate for CrossFit. I think sometimes we don't recognize that the professional level sphere of any sport, not just CrossFit, we kind of are towing the line with what's, you know, healthy and good for us. 
Um, so that reality of like professional sports and then like the lower, like if I'm going to, you know, hop into a gym is a little bit different. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. When you look back, Tasia, how has your, uh, thoughts on intensity kind of changed at one point, I'm assuming intensity was everything. Now it's probably not everything, but when you look back, what are your, how has your thoughts on intensity changed when it comes to training? Yeah, I think there's definitely a place for intensity and not only just in, um, professional athletics and sports of like the competitive CrossFit sphere, obviously you're going to need a little bit more there. Um, but even in the gym too, I just don't think you need it as much as you think you need it for if you, I'm like an average stroke CrossFitter, obviously we want to be hitting like an aerobic window and, you know, an anaerobic window and things like that. So we can test our body. And I think that's, what's great about CrossFit is like, if you're going to a you know, a CrossFit gym, you're going to hit different styles of workout. You might come in one day, it's a 20 minute interrupt. And then the next day you're doing like two minutes sprints and things like that. And I think there's so much value in all those things. When I was competing at Mayhem, um, Rich is known for his volume mm-hmm. and he does it really well. He is incredible at recovering. I've never seen somebody like him actually um, that recovers so well and can maintain those levels. And when I first came in, I was like, I'm in 2018. They said, I'm just going to do everything Rich Roney does. I'm like, I'm just going to, I was like, I'm going to do every single thing he does. So I stopped taking rest days. I started training. Like I'm probably doing double the amount of training I was doing before that. Um, And then, you know, over time I started realizing, okay, like, you know, (laughs) maybe this isn't working because I'm not rich running. I'm Tasia. Um, And so the rest days started coming back in and things like that. And so I think it's unique because every person's different when it comes to health and fitness and all those things. And you have to find what works for you. And because I've been in a lot of different spaces, as far as when it comes to fitness, I'm kind of figuring out what my body actually does like. Um, But yeah, there's definitely a place for intensity. I think if you're competing at the professional level, you're going to have to, you know, go further than you think would be normal or healthy. Totally. Tasia, what's your advice for, you know, maybe it's women, maybe it's women specifically that are, are feeling or having some of the symptoms you were having, you're talking about, you know, having trouble staying awake, low appetite, digestion, no cycle. These are big things. If you were to kind of just blanket statement, say something to these women that are dealing with some of these things right now, and maybe they're not even professional athletes. Maybe they just do CrossFit five, six, seven days a week. What's your advice to somebody that's listening and going, man, this that's me right now. Yeah, that's great. I think you know, the first thing I would say is you're, you're not alone. I know that there were times where I was like, I'm the only person struggling with this. Cause at the time where I was in my space, I was the only person struggling with that. And I'm doing the same amount of CrossFit as a bunch of other people, but I was the only one struggling with that. Then from there, I would say, find somebody who is knowledgeable in this space. Like, um, Mike Malloy has been such a huge asset to me because he can at least someone I can bounce ideas off of, which he wasn't just like, do this. I went and got blood work. So blood work, um, things like that. So you can actually see what's going on in your body is really important. And then trying something different can be really scary. So um, I know, I know that it's scary and change is scary, but to just step outside of your comfort zone, try something different, trust what, if you have someone who's trusted, like Mike, I trusted him. And although took me a while to actually do it. Um, he was right in that. And, you know, and you've got to try different things and maybe it's not going to be the same thing that worked for me. Um, will work for you. 
but you can always try something new and then just reevaluate from there. Awesome. Great advice. Another thing you mentioned was um, just talking about your uh, identity being wrapped in the sport and you stepping away and separating like, man, everybody knows me as Tasia, the professional athlete and, and the champion, right? I imagine like that can come with some struggle. Can you open that book a little bit? Talk to us about how did you, how did you not let your identity get sucked into that or did it? And what was kind of the mental battles with that? Yeah, for sure. So identity is huge, um, especially when you're competing um, in professional sports. And I talked about just briefly when I talked about 2018 that I uh, my identity was 100% CrossFit. I was like, if I don't win the CrossFit Games, then it's just over for me, <laughs> which sure. is totally not true at all. But that was the reality of what I was thinking and believing. Um, so 2019 was a better year. I, If you had asked me in 2019, 2020, if my identity CrossFit, was in CrossFit, I would have said no. Um, I didn't realize that I still had piece of my identity wrapped up in CrossFit until it was actually taken away from me or removed from my life. So I think that brought a different reality of, okay, why am I struggling so hard to let go of this? And I had so much fear that people only valued me because I was a CrossFit champion or people only valued me in the CrossFit space um, and not because of who I am and or who god says i am and so i actually have a really trusted friend and wise counsel um and jim hunsell who does the mayhem mindset and here and i remember sitting with him and being like just so upset because i was like this is like me like i'm a competitor i don't know what's next for me the mayhem mission job wasn't available like obviously i have a job where i work for mayhem athlete as well but it just felt like I was losing a piece of me. And he point blank was like, I'm giving you some truth Tasia, And like, you are way bigger than CrossFit. Like if you're going to let this take you down and like you not step into who God says you are, which is far more, you have far more purpose outside of CrossFit. You don't even know what that looks like. You can't even fathom what it is. Um, then you're not living how you say you live how you say you live. And so that was like an eye-opening experience to be like, I say that I trust God that I have purpose outside of this. Um, and if I'm not going to step into it because I fear that I don't, that people won't like me as much or respect me as much or whatever it is, um, then I'm not living right. And so I, when I actually stepped away, that was, it's been like so crazy because God has totally worked in my heart as far as like stripping pride and ego and these things that like I was so wrapped up in competing and, um, um, yeah, so I, I definitely experienced that separation of identity. Um, and I think you can put your identity in a lot of things, not just professional sports. Um, it's really easy to do actually. Um, so we have to be diligent at like posturing our heart correctly and, you know, just asking God to remove those things, um, from us. So it's been, it's been a really, really cool experience and I've grown a lot through it. Yeah. So cool. Uh, this is a huge topic. You can talk an hour about this. And I know I remember watching the documentary, Michael Phelps, when he stopped competing and in, in, mm. in, in experienced depression and you see all this kind of this mental health stuff, especially with, um, uh, Olympic athletes, because they train for so long for, one weekend or even um, less than a minute type thing. And then after they just don't know what to do because the opportunity is just so small. Um, and they, and they talk about how, you know, that identity is so wrapped up and then it creates depression when it's not there. I'm curious if you 
what in your in your opinion what does it look like if somebody's sitting there listening in their car like man i don't think my identity is wrapped up in crossfit but i don't really know if it is like do you have a way for people to be like if this is if you do this then you're probably wrapped in it is there something that you would say yeah i mean i would say if it was taken away from you today in this moment right now yeah what would you do who would you say you are um like and i think that Bob Goff said some quote, and I don't want to butcher it because I know I've said it on another um, podcast, but it's, he's like, when, what everyone knows, like when everyone knows you as something and that's removed from you, what's left is who you really are. Mm. So like everyone knows me as a CrossFit Games athlete, when that's removed from me, what's left is who I really am because that's not my identity. So it's like all those other pieces of it are what's really important. And the CrossFit part is really important too. Um, but we can't, rest there and let that be you know what our idol is or what our identity is put in because it will fail us and if i had gone out and you know gotten second at the crossfit games in 2018 as the team would that mean i was less of a person would that mean i was less valuable no but that's what i felt like so um i think if it was removed from you in this moment and just like what would that be like and that doesn't mean you can't be sad of course people always ask me if i miss competing i'm like yeah all the time of course i miss competing i'm gonna miss it for the rest of my life i think like i don't think that's gonna go away um there's something really special about being on the floor um but i know that my purpose is outside that and i have purpose in my mission right now and other things like that and i'm sure those purposes will grow and change too for the rest of my life Right. One thing you said was we can do a better job at positioning our heart, I think is kind of what you said. Uh, wh- what does that mean if you could position your heart in a better place so that we're not uh, attached to CrossFit? Can you explain maybe what that looks like? Yeah, I think it's definitely that's a deep question and something because um, depending on whether you're, you know, obviously there's probably people listening that might not be believers. I, I speak a lot um, from the context of being a believer, um, but just posturing my heart in the right regard as far as like, what is the priority and what are the things that matter? So being in right relationship with Jesus, like those things like are what matter because all else will, everything else will flow from that. Um, And that's not to say like that's good works or like checking things off a list, like reading your Bible and doing these things, which are actually really important. Um, But posturing your heart, right? Like for me, I'm always like in situations, is my intent to truly love well in this situation or is it because I want this or, you know, to be seen for this, you know what I mean? So make sure my posture, the posture of my heart is correct. Um, and I don't know if that explained it. No, it totally does. Yeah. And I think it's going to be different for everybody. And it comes back to, I think it comes back to uh, perspective and then also probably having a sounding board was something I was thinking about was just holding yourself accountable with people that will, make sure that even if you are a professional athlete or kind of known for something that they can knock you down a little bit. I think that's helpful too. Oh, for sure. And I think that's something with Jim, um, giving truth, like somebody, you need people in your life that are going to give you the truth and it doesn't have to be a brutal, harsh truth, but just the truth and reality of, you know, me getting wrapped up in something and thinking there was nothing else outside of it. And he was like, ah, maybe there is something outside of it. And if, you're saying there isn't, then you don't truly, you're not living how you say you live. You know, we need people like that to give us grace, but also to give us truth. Yeah. I think another piece too, I talked to Shane Orr about this and and he brought up a a point too, about how 
we can become obsessed with the sport and it, and it's fun because we like to talk about it. We like to compete in it. It can turn into an all day thing. I'm curious when you were with mayhem or even now, is there a way that people can kind of, I think what we talk about identity, this kind of relates where maybe when you leave the gym, leave the barn, we just stop talking about CrossFit and we leave everything there. So it doesn't become this all consuming everything we do. Every conversation has to do with fitness. Like Talk to me a little bit about how you can maybe create some boundaries in order to thus kind of separate yourself with the, the identity crisis. Oh, yeah, totally. I think that's, you know, just hard for any, whether you're in CrossFit or anything else. Um, CrossFitters, we're known for talking about CrossFit. You're like, <laughs> yeah. well, you always know if there's a CrossFit there because they'll tell you they do CrossFit, um, which is a, a fair statement. Um, but that's because we love it so much. No, just true. kidding. Uh, it is true, but it's just so funny. Um, yeah, I think I have friends who are outside of CrossFit too in that space. And um, I think I've got just trustworthy family and friends and community around me that help to, you know, Hey, we're not going to talk about CrossFit right now or do other things in your life that are outside of CrossFit. Like if you're just literally waking up doing CrossFit and going to bed um, there's other things like I like getting outside. I like going to get a coffee, you know, like things like that, reading a book, just making sure you're doing things that aren't, all CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that's great advice. And it, and it uh, hits even deeper with somebody like you repeating that. So I think that's awesome. Um, continuing to talk a little bit more about stepping away. I was cruising through your Instagram. One of, one of the um, posts that went really big uh, compared to your other ones, I guess they all kind of go big, but it was, it was really profound. I think people need to hear this. It says, quote, I'm learning that mental and emotional progress plays a huge role in physical progress. Working towards new mindsets and thought patterns takes work, hard work. And the process isn't always linear. Often it's three steps forward, two steps back. The things that have helped my mind, body, and spirit recently are more rest, more breathing exercises and journaling, more healthy conversations, digging deeper into the why, surrounding yourself with people who speak life into you, less exercise, less weighing and measuring, less guilt and shame. I'd like to kind of break this apart a little bit. And I think people would really uh, get a lot of value from it. So when we talk about more rest, and I also noticed that this is a word that you've used quite often in some of your caption mm -hmm. and posts, why mm -hmm. is more rest important and why does it resonate to you so much? Yeah, rest is so important. I think that's something that I'm kind of learning a lot about right now because my personality and just the things like how I've grown up and so many things in my life, I'm a natural striver. And I also fall really easily into hustle culture. I'm like, it's hard for me, you know, there's always something more I can be doing, right? You know, I can always either be bettering myself or helping someone else or doing better at my job or working harder in CrossFit or, you know, there's always so many things to do that we can kind of sacrifice rest um, when rest is actually really important. And not only is it really important, it's really necessary, not just physical rest, which is very important. Um, I'm a huge advocate for, you know, rest days and things like that, not recovery days where we row a marathon or whatever, but, um, <laughs> but I'm a huge advocate for physical rest, but also our brain needs that and our soul needs that and um, having space to separate from our phones and things like that. Um, we're in a culture right now where like, I, I mean, you probably didn't grow up with social media either. If you're around the same age as me and um, it's, it's different now. It's harder. The anxiety culture is so easily um, just stepped into. I fall into it so easily too. just like having our phone and having this easy access to like always be stimulating our brain and things like that. So 
Um, in the simplest form, I think rest is super important. And oftentimes rest can feel like stress. That's one thing I learned too, when I started taking more rest is I'd be sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, not be on my phone. I'm going to read a book or I'm going to go walk. or I'm going to go do, go do this. And I'm like feeling this anxiety. I'm like, why are you anxious? Like, this is a good thing, you know, because we're just so used to always being like, okay, what's next? What do I have to do? Like, should I check my phone? Um, should I check Instagram? Should I do this and that? Um, so I think it starts with just self-discipline. Like we talk, okay, I've taken, you know, days off social weeks, off social things like that have really been helpful to me. Um, and then, so self-discipline and then reminding myself, like if I'm anxious in the space, okay, why am I anxious when I'm resting? Like what is causing this anxiety? Um, is it work related? Is it whatever related, you know, relationship related, something like that. Um, and just kind of pulling those things apart and it gets easier and it gets better. And then you'll like recognize the fulfillment from that. Yeah. That's so great. And you're speaking to a person who's is struggling with that right now. And it's just like, I, sometimes I equate the, I equate rest with being lazy. I'm like, well, I'm just being lazy. Like I, I can go do something right now. I can go, you know, educate myself in this or do this and, or go on, you know, and it's, that's not the point. The point is to slow life down and take the time to reflect and call it meditating, call it what you want. But I think it's hard Tasia for CrossFitters too, because we're used to the go, go, go and the the working out hard and, and doing all these things, but you need to have that time, not only for the body, because I think everybody can understand rest days, but for the brain and the soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, it's super important. And it's so hard to do. Like I hear you saying like, oh yeah, I feel lazy. And I, I totally get that feeling um, too. And something that popped in my head when you were speaking was just about um, me and these like half quotes that I totally butcher, but I'll get the idea behind it. <laughs> but it's basically like, you know, sometimes even in the morning, I like to read and do my studies in the morning and I'll be like, wow, well, I have to get, you know, this work done and these emails done. And I'll take a second pause and say, well, what God can do in this like 20 minutes of time that I'm saying I need to sacrifice this 20 minutes of time so that I can do 20 minutes of emails or something. Um, God can, you know, create more time and in, in essence in your day, like make that shift happen so that these things will still fall into place and you'll be able to get them done. So like this bit of rest or this bit of time that I want to sacrifice so that I can work more, it can be you, you know what I mean? God will use that and create more space and time and, uh, you know, things for you to do, not necessarily like add another hour to the day, but make it so your day so that you can get that done, that rest, because that's important or whatever it is and still get your other things done. So then you said more breathing exercise and journaling. The third one was something that really struck a chord with me because I, I recently just recorded a podcast with Michael Nadi Casio about this. So he said more healthy conversations, digging into digging deeper into the why surrounding yourself with people who speak life into you. What do you mean by healthy conversations and digging deeper into the why? What does that, what does that mean to you? I think having conversations with people you trust that are authentic about um, why you might be feeling the way you do. I'm also an advocate for therapy. I started therapy um, a few months, actually quite a few months back. And that has been a really eye-opening experience for me because I haven't actually been in consistent therapy and like 
ever. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Why have I not been doing this my whole life? Um, So I think being able to be completely authentic with what you're going through and what you're struggling with, with no barriers, whether that's with a person, um, I talk about Mike a lot or with a therapist or with a friend or someone um, that can listen to you and speak about those things. Cause um, that's really important. A lot of times, especially with social media culture, we'll just put a lens on it or a cover on it to make it look a certain way. And yeah, that's not where you're going to find true, like healing or true understanding of what you're going through. Yeah. The deeper conversations. And that's what we talked about too, in the show is just like the deeper conversations, uh, bring up your quality and your friendships. And also just like they reward both people. Right. And they, and they make both people feel good. And those are the types of things. Like we just basically talked about how, like, so many people want to be on the surface all the time. And those conversations can be great in some aspects, but in most aspects, the ones that go deeper are the ones that bring that kind of fruitful nature to both people. Yeah, totally agree. And it goes both ways, right? Um, just the authenticity of just, you know, being with someone else in a space and maybe you find out what something I've learned is the more authentic and transparent I've been able to be with people in conversations that's not means I go on social media and tell everyone's like, you know, my biggest, deepest, darkest secret, you know, like there's like levels and boundaries to that too. Um, but the more people are like, wow, I really resonate with that. Or like that actually is something I'm going through that I thought I literally had a conversation with a young woman who's 20 about just like some body dysmorphia stuff and disordered patterns. And she was like, I seriously thought I was alone. Like, have you ever experienced this before? I'm like, yeah, I have. You know, like, so like being like so scared at 20 to talk about something because it's not what's obviously something you're proud of. It's something you're working on. Um, But to be in a space to be like, I feel so much better because you've experienced this too. And I'm not alone in these thoughts or things that I've been through. Totally. The last part of that post was less guilt and shame. What does that look like? Yeah, I think so that post specifically was talking about um, body dysmorphia and disordered um, eating patterns. So just like I said, like with this young woman of being like feeling like you're the only person who might be struggling with this um, when it comes to like food and eating and body issues. Um, it was kind of like that specifically was what I was talking about, because we're not going to move forward if we're holding on to, you know, this shame or this guilt around maybe something we're struggling with. Right. Um, we have to bring those things to light and safe conversations and safe spaces um, so that they can be removed. Yeah. Talk to me a little about how body image has played a role in your life, Tasia. If you're open to talking about it, I, I could imagine, and I think you've been public about it after um, stopping or retiring from being a professional athlete, you notice changes in your body, um, probably being in gymnastics too, and just being a woman. And, and throughout your life, you've probably gone through different seasons. Talk to me a little bit about what you've learned about it. And then also if you were to kind of give some, I don't know, advice to people that are, that are going through some of this, I know it's a very deep topic. And so we don't have a ton of time for, but touch a little bit about uh, on a little bit of body image. Yeah. So like you said, I've been through a lot of seasons with body image. I, you know, with gymnastics, it was always, that's kind of where like the pattern started as far as for me of wanting to be smaller, eat less, focus on restriction, um, as far as calorically, um, things like that, because it was more thought that smaller gymnasts made better gymnasts. So that was like the goal for me young age. And that's kind of what started. I was getting weighed and body fat tested. I think at like age 13 is when I started um, getting things like that. So perpetuated over time. Um, that was kind of a struggle for sure. 
Um, and something that I'm still working through now, which I talk about in that post. And I think um, I'm trying like not to just totally generalize and make small statements because it's such a big topic for women and more women, I think, struggle with stuff like that body image issues than we think, especially right now in culture. It's so hard with social media. Um, I think that only makes it harder because we see, you know, you know, these filters and these angles and these things that make us think we have to achieve some crazy standard or fit into some tiny mold. Um, and that's not the truth, right? Um, God made each of us unique and very special and beautiful and wonderful. And our bodies are that as well. And um, I think for me, something that's been really helpful has been therapy, just kind of getting into the root of, okay, why do I feel like this? Um, you know, why do I not like my body when it looks this way or that way? Um, and I think something that, you know, has helped is like, I don't need to be smaller. I need to be my healthiest version of myself. Right. And that's the common narrative of we need to be smaller. And CrossFit mm -hmm. has been actually a huge blessing yeah. because mm -hmm. there's so many strong women in the sport. And when I started doing it, I actually had lots of periods of time where I was like, I wasn't even thinking about my body because I just want to get strong and fit and like, you know, be the best athlete I can be. And so that separation has been super helpful that there are other women out there being, you know, strong and whether that's you want to look a certain way, you can look whatever way that you want to look. And that, that is okay. Right. Um, each person is going to be unique and have a different path. Um, but just to empower women to not, always try to be smaller, you know, like, and that's not to say the small is not bad too, because, you know, everyone's so unique and different, but, um, yeah, you're very, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in the body and it's okay to strive for health and different things. Um, but we have to also appreciate just the space we're in at this moment and recognize that our body's going to change for not just women, but men too. Mm -hmm. for over time forever like we're all constantly being going into a different shape of the body my body has changed so much it's kind of mind-blowing to think about um and then it will still in the future um so yeah just recognizing that that's the reality and um to just focus on you know finding safe spaces and healthy people that can help you if you are struggling with body image issues that's a phenomenal answer talk to me about what about the person that's competing and they they're afraid to stop competing because they're afraid they're going to lose how they look. And I'd imagine that this is a probably a pretty common thing to think about. I'm curious, do you have any piece of advice there or have you noticed any sort of differences after you stop competing that your body's changed, whether it's for, for the better or for the worse, or talk to me a little bit about what it's like when you stop competing. Yeah. So my body has definitely changed since I stopped competing. Obviously, like you said, depending on the you know your body type and so many factors that are go into it your body might change in one way or the other um i've definitely lost like muscle mass which i'm not training six plus hours a day so to maintain that amount of muscle mass would be relatively impossible um but i've seen healthy changes in my body too like we said because i was struggling with some other things and um I think it's just recognizing the reality of if you're a competitive CrossFitter, you're not going to be a competitive CrossFitter for your entire life. Um, and your body's going to have to transform into a different space. And 
that's okay. And I think that's what's kind of really cool about having our bodies is they can mold and adapt to different things that we're doing. And the body that I had when I was competing at CrossFit, I totally needed that body to be able to go win championships. Um, but now I'm not focused on winning championships. I'm actually focused on other things. And one day, God willing, I will carry a baby and that my body will change through that process. And um, I think I can't even remember, honestly, what your question exactly was, <laughs> but your body's just going to constantly be changing. Um, and it's going to be hard, obviously, like I've gone through times and that's why I say having people around you, community, we've talked about, we've talked about a lot of, a lot of these topics come back to the same thing, but having people around you that are going to speak life into you and tell you, you know, the truth about where you're going and be like, encourage you in that like Mike my nutritionist he's constantly encouraging me on a path of health and he's like your body is going to look different be different and that's okay because it's focused on different things mm -hmm. and noticing the difference too between what is health and what is performance I mean how your 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 eating is going to be different your training is going to be different your mindset is going to be different and I think uh, I'm kind of getting uh, fired up because this is a passion of mine I think I'm in the space I'm coaching the space and I'm competing in the space and I wish more people understood Tasia the difference between those two things mm -hmm. what do you think about that what do you think about educating people on and you've been at now you've been on both sides you've been on the on the competitive side at the highest level mm -hmm. possible and now you're stepping away as we kind of close down and talk about those two things how where's your mind go yeah, I think there's a difference, right? So there's a difference when you're eating and training for performance, when you're eating and training for aesthetics, and when you're eating and training for health. And so it's kind of like this little bit of a circle, and we can kind of hit in between points too, right? Where we're like, oh, we're healthy, but we're also focused on aesthetics, or we want to perform and things like that. But for me, especially the separation for performance, aesthetics and health was big. Um, when I was focused competing in CrossFit, I was eating, you know, like 20 to 3000 calories a day. I was training five, six hours a day um, for performance. It didn't matter to me, you know, not necessarily it, psychologically. It mattered what I look like, but my body was essentially a vessel to go compete and win the CrossFit Games. And that's what I ate and trained and did. And I had to remove aesthetics from that and even health from that, as we've seen, like to be able to do that at the pinnacle of what I needed. Um, so health is going to look different right now. I'm eating less calories than that. Obviously I'm working out. I try to get like a 90 minutes of fitness in a day with steps, you know, and focusing more on health with a little bit of like, obviously I still want to look a certain way for me of what I want to be happy with. And then there's, we can get really deep into aesthetics, which can become unhealthy too. So mm -hmm. there can be like restriction or things like that. So I think it's, it's a pendulum and you have to, you don't have to, but like, if you're focused on performing, then you might have to let go of aesthetics and health. If you're focused on health, you might have to let go of performance and aesthetics. You know what I mean? If you're focused on, focus on aesthetics, you might have to let go of performance and health. So it goes every way depending on what you choose. So um, I think just being aware of that is super important. Yeah. Awesome. As we close down here, uh, if you were talking to a, well, now I was going to say 20 year olds, but now people are getting into this at like 16, 17. If you're talking to a 16 or 17 year old male or female, and they want to be in your shoes someday, Tasia, they want to be a two-time champion, uh, be in the pinnacle of the top of the sport here. What two to three pieces of advice would you give them at their age? 
Okay. Yeah, that's good. I think, you know, we can go like basic advice for CrossFit, say movement patterns first. So moving well is super important. I think that's partly why Rich has been able to accomplish what he's been able to accomplish. Not only obviously his hard work and so many other factors, but if you watch him move, he moves really well. And so for health and longevity, if you're 16 and you want to do this for a decade, you want to be squatting in a good movement pattern over like a bad movement pattern. Um, I think that's super important. Um, making sure you have, um, you know, people that are surrounding you, things outside of your life that it's not purely CrossFit because um, we don't want, like we talked about, your identity getting wrapped up into a sport. Like that's remembering who you are and who God says you are. Um, being in that space is super important. And then I think just having fun. I like CrossFit can be really fun. Like, yeah, it's super hard work. But I think about like the 2019 games and I had so much fun. I remember dying on the floor, but just like being with people that I loved and working really hard and seeing my hard work come to fruition. Um, you can be in the gym and work really hard and go into a space where we grind because I've done that and still, you know, cut back with your friends and sit and have a good time. It doesn't have to be so serious all the time. Very cool. Uh, I want to close down, give you a chance to talk about Mayhem Mission. So the floor is yours. I want to hear about it. And then also if my listeners could or somehow could get involved, is this something that other people can get involved with? Talk to us about what is Mayhem Mission. Sure. Yeah. So Mayhem Mission is a nonprofit that Rich and Hillary started. Um, this is actually its first full year, this 2021 that it's been here. So it's a very new nonprofit. Um, it's really cool because it's unique in a sense that we don't have one singular focus, but instead we want to come alongside other nonprofits doing amazing work and just utilize um, Rich's platform, Mayhem's platform to either bring awareness to the cause, raise funding for the cause. Um, and the idea behind it is really just to love and serve well. Um, this past year, so we have four quarters. Our first quarter is focused on human trafficking. Our second quarter is focused on water. Our third quarter is focused on at-risk youth. And our fourth quarter is focused on unreached people groups. So um, we did an online awareness fitness event. We also want to like use our fitness, use what God's given us to bring awareness to a cause. So we did an online awareness event for um, a nonprofit called Rescue Freedom in our first quarter and raised about, I think it was $43,000, but it was matched by Elevation. So it was wow. 80 something thousand dollars for their nonprofit. And then we just did one for water um, with Never Thirst and 2535 Water that we're going to be putting wells in. And we raised about $10,000 plus with a match from um, Elevation and some other donors to make more money than that. And then at Risk Youth, we got like other organizations we partner with, like Kiala Foundation. Um, Project Onyx, which is Easy's nonprofit, um, Mustard Seed Ranch, which is here, and Kings of Grit, things like that. And then um, right now we're in our fourth quarter where we're focused on unreached people groups and partnering with Radical um, David Platt's nonprofit. So those are our four main focuses, but that doesn't mean we don't come alongside other nonprofits and organizations. Like right now we're talking to some um, veterans organizations to try to come behind them and help them in some way that we can. So yeah, it's um, just a way to serve and love people in the simplest form. To get involved, I would say follow us on Mayhem Missions is our Instagram. And then you can check out our website at mayhemmission.org um, and just keep up to date on like our projects that are coming up and things like that. Um, obviously, mission trips is part of that too. So if you ever wanted to go on a mission trip, there's applications online for those things um, on our website. Um, but yeah, that's Very it. Cool. Very cool. Last question. So we know what mayhem mission is. What's 
Tasia's mission? Oh, wow. You're coming at me at the end. Um, <laughs> I think um, my mission is truly just to love people well, to, um, yeah, to love well, to go out and do the best I can, be present each day, um, and with intent, love and serve as many people as I can while I'm here. Very cool. Tasia, it's a joy to talk to you. I really appreciate your authenticity and uh, vulnerability. Just putting yourself out there. I think uh, the more you do that, I think the more you know people can follow and learn from you. And I just uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Awesome. Guys, if you enjoyed it, be sure to uh, repost on your Instagram and let Tasia and I know what you got out of it. We'd love to hear what your favorite part of this conversation was. And we'll see you next week for another episode on the My Fit Podcast. Take care, guys. 